Greetings, this is the Inspector, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, streaming into your human ear holes. Enjoy! Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's the sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Now we've done this 264 times, which means hi, and welcome to TalkCast 265. In this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, deep in the frozen fortress of solitude in Area 51, I am Chief Pontificator of the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, the rest of the gang of four, and we're frozen, and we're tired, and, and winter needs to end. That's all I'm saying. The Revere Time Vortex, our technical omnivore, she runs everything behind the scenes and is proof she mutters curses throughout every show. Her own girl genius, Kriana. Among other things. <laughs> okay. From the stacks of her personal calm space in the tank dungeons, only indoor winter zen garden, where she meticulously is growing artificial snowflakes, and kitty poker champion, Zombrarian. It was once again not muted. Okay. Herself. No, I was totally unmuting, but Skype is not responding. I was, I hit the button. I promise. That's going to be my new catchphrase. Forget robots. It's going to be, I hit the button. I hit the button. I, I hit promise. it. I like that. From a galaxy not as far as ways you might think the woman in chain mail ponders soap bubbles, distribution, aspect ratios, how they intersect with tetrahedrons and circular logical frameworks, and is despondent as all hell that last night was the final episode of Agent Carter. Red lipstick and all. Welcome, Sir Sarah Lady Knight. What am I going to do with my life now? I mean, I know what I'm going to do with my Tuesday nights because I'm going to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but like... My life is so empty now that it's Well, I, I, I actually may have some good news for you about that. What? Because there are some wonderful rumors floating around about Agent Carter Season 2. Oh my God, I'm behind on the internet because I was, like, not at my computer for the last two days. So I haven't heard Can any of these. The internet what? got ahead of you? I'm impressed. Right? I know. It's crazy. That's what leaving your apartment does. Terrible. That's why I, I try never do that. Do, I, I never do that. Ever. Yeah, same. Our, our guests tonight really are the editors it. of Once Upon an Apocalypse, Scott Gottsward and Rachel Kenley. Scott's been on the show before. Rachel, welcome. As a hush falls over the podcast. And the hush stays over the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh-oh. And that being said, everyone. Kri- no, I, I hope not, but we'll find out eventually. So, Kriana, uh, before we do anything else, no. Why don't we? Why don't we do some news? No, we weren't doing the news. We're we, doing we the other thing. Do the news? 
Whatever. I don't I don't even care anymore. Or we could do the other thing. I've lost the will to live now. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not happy. Don't do I that. Don't think, I don't I don't think we're all happy now. I don't think that we're at all happy about happiness or any happiness. I think stuff. we're all tired and cranky and want to go to sleep. Is what I'm I not think. cranky! <laughs> Keep okay. that in mind. She's technically not cranky. Good to know. So. See, and um, I just stayed up all last night relabeling the creepy jar that bails her Sarah out of jail when she kidnaps Haley Atwell jar. Yes. What a great idea. Because I figured that's the only way she'll get over. She misses her. It's okay. Yeah. I'm fine. There was an article in Bleeding Cool about six important moments. Well, actually, most people don't, which is why I wanted to bring it up. From uh, the six important moments from this week's Agent Carter. Is it that all your faves are bi? Oh, uh, no. We, we can talk about that. Because, because all your faves are bi. You can go ahead and talk about this, and then I'm going to go talk about how everyone is bisexual. Well, I mean, and we can talk about that, too, but I think there's something here. There may be actually one thing here you want to hear, because five of the six things, I don't know. Uh, the episode was a chance for Daniel Souza to shine. Couldn't care less. Gimpy gets to shine. Not a fan. Sorry. Uh, the character of Howard Stark has taken a lot of hits in the series. Blah, blah, blah. Again, who cares? Uh, the whole Ivachenko character. Uh, okay. Yeah, whatever. So basically what you're saying is none of these important moments were actually important. And the fact that yeah. all your faves are by is actually the most important thing from Agent Carter. True life, the most true important life. thing is uh, especially because the, the, the series oh had God. humor, which, which action, and drama, and it's a perfect setup for a second season. With characters like Agent Fuckboy. No, I, why did they say Agent like, Fuckboy is my question. <laughs> <sighs> why is Agent Fuckboy the first person looked, though? I care. He's a fuckboy. Why do I care well, about his a, life? He's a jerk. He's an absolute jerk. There's no question about it. Okay, I feel like what we really need to be talking about is that um, Howard Stark is bisexual, which is the really oh, important part of this. Is that... give up on it. Oh, you shouldn't have given up on it. It's phenomenal. It was wonderful. And the only bad thing you, is... You, you're you're really lucky you. that Sir Sarah doesn't have the power to hang up on you right now. <laughs> I considered it. I really and, and I'm only it. I'm only telling you this because now you can watch yourself because I'm the one who has the power to hang up on you. <laughs> just just yeah. so you know who does it if you earn it. Um, oh lord. Yes. Mm. Anyway, Howard Stark is bisexual and uh, is in love with okay. Steve Rogers. That's great. I Wait, is, that. is in love with who? Captain America. Oh. Oh, it would have been cuter if he had a thing for Jarvis, but whatever. No, no. No. No, that would be totally, totally adorable. 
What was no, cute this with is Jarvis way better. at the end of that sh- at the end of the show? I just need Jarvis to be cute with his wife. But uh, although it would be like somewhat okay, because the thing obviously, well, I don't know. I'm I'm totally exhausted and totally rambling. But for me, the most important thing, like Howard Stark being bisexual, is great. I love it. That's great. The most important thing for me is that Angie and Peggy moved in together and are totally girlfriends. And I'm really excited with about Jarvis. it. Cartinelli is real. Right, with with Jarvis. But Jarvis doesn't count. He's whatever. I mean, I love him, but he's married. No, he, he, he turned into an episode of Three's Company at the end. Yeah, but the the important part is that Cartinelli. <laughs> They're together, they are in love, and they moved in together, and I love everything, and I, I, I'm still in shock, and I, I can't live with it. I just, it's too perfect. It's like, I, it's, I have no words. They move in together. How they am I supposed to live after this? Fun. What? And they moved in together, and it was fun to watch. Oh my God. So cute. So the moral of Agent Carter is that all your faves are bisexual. So, Sam Prairie, what's this about not so superheroes? I don't know why. I it's always me. Um, I tend to pick these wonderful visual things to talk about on our podcast, <laughs> which is an podcast. So, click the links, you lazy slob. And see, see the wonder that is these photographs that this guy makes using miniatures and Marvel action heroes and a little bit of Photoshop because it's glorious. The very first one behind the link, I'll only tell you this one and then you can see it for yourself, um, is Hulk giving Thor a haircut. He's got teeny tiny scissors. Okay, my question is, why don't I have as much money as this person when I, where I can afford to buy the Natasha hot toy? That's I know, my question. Right? I, I want it. I want it. Guys, I went to Target. Why isn't it more of these little scenes? Right? That's also my question. But, okay, so I went to Target, like, this week um, to, like, get some things. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the toy aisle, and I'm going to go to the Marvel section, and I'm going to see... If they have any female action figures, guess how many they had? Two. That is too one. many. They had one. They I had Miss Marvel, the old does not Kamala, the old Miss Marvel, and she was in a set with two other heroes. I don't remember. And that was it. No Natasha. Oh. No Kamala. Fifty Captain Americas. Fifty Iron Mans. Like ten Buckies, nothing else. I mean, they had you know a lot of they had a lot so of Spider-Man, Hulks, no female superheroes. Do you think it might have been that they were all sold out of all the female action figures? No, maybe, but that begs they the never question made the more action figures. If even they, if they make them. female action figures, why do they make them in limited runs? Why don't they make as many as the male superheroes? So I don't really care if they sold out of them. My question is, why aren't they making more? And why aren't they on the shelves? And why, if they have, also, in your theoretical world, sold out of all of the female superheroes, why have they not restocked them? Also with Gamora, we know for a fact that people repeatedly asked for an action figure 
and mm-hmm. we're told, no, we're not making one of those. We don't think there's interest. Except, you know, yeah, but the then, people who were asking for Actually asking right, for exactly. it. Right, exactly. I think, I think if we got the head of Marvel marketing on the podcast, we could ask that. But I wonder yes. what the chances of us actually getting that are. Let's let's try to do that because I it's it's really discouraging. Like I'm not even doing this to like be like political or like talk about it. I I want to go out and I want to I want to buy them because I love these characters and to go into a store where there are so many characters that I love and then not have the female characters that I also love is extremely discouraging as a woman, as a fan of comics and of comic book movies to go into a place that is so lacking in that. It's, it hurts. It really hurts. So, so Mary just brought up a really good question. She just brought up an interesting question in the chat. And why isn't there an Agent Carter? Yeah. What happened to that, that whole set? Question. There should be a whole set of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there should be. There really should be. And it's like, I can't see the chat. All it just does is it it just loops. Okay. She can't talk because that's on her microphone. Ah, uh, so. yes. That, that does happen, yeah. So, Booking Monkey, if you're listening. Oh, Monkey of Bookings. We'd like somebody from uh, Marvel on the show to talk about what the hell where are these superheroes that are supposed to be? You know, I, I would like some She-Hulk figurines just for me. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Some Jennifer Walters would be good right next to my Agent Carter and my Gamora yeah. and all that neat stuff. Yep, like I've got so, all, I've got as many Funkos as I can, and I love the Funkos, but that's that's a specific style, and I want right. more than that. I want I want as many choices as there are of Captain America, because right now all I have is Funko, cheap toys that have really shitty faces, and $600 hot toys. They're not really that much, that much more, but they're close. And it's like, I, I can't spend that much money on one action figure just because the face actually looks like her. Whereas, you know, with something like Cap is I have, there's one at every price range. There's a $5 one, there's a $10 right. one, there's a $15 one, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You have options and some of them suck, but some of them don't. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and let's also get the DC head of marketing on the, on the show because I want uh, Selena Kyle from Gotham, specifically mm-hmm. from Gotham, with her little steampunk goggles. And oh, yeah, her, I don't want to her, but she's so cute. She is adorable. She's the best thing on the show. She and the little girl who plays Ivy, even though like what they've done to Ivy's character is horrible. Like the mm-hmm. two of them are delightful. I love them to bits. I haven't I even also- had a slightest desire to watch the show yet. So I'll probably like, you know, shotgun it over the summer or something, but I just can't be bothered right now. To, to, She's the to only good thing about it, really. But, I mean, um, DC Marketing has also, gone out of its way with female characters. From The Flash, and I want a Felicity from... Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Because absolutely. wouldn't she that be would a work. great action figure? Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. I'm imagining commercials. So, Booking Monkey, they're all glorious. Booking Monkey, you have a job ahead of you. Marvel and DC marketing people, we want them on. What else has been going on? Anybody? 
Sarah, I see something that you brought to us about a darker shade of magic. Yes. So I think I've ranted about um, one of my favorite books from last year, Vicious by V.E. Schwab. Um, and the author has just published this book, um, A Darker Shade of Magic. And it's, I think, I think I did mention it. It's about, um, there's like a pansexual prince and a cross-dressing thief and like everyone is awesome. So that actually came out on Tuesday. Um, and I picked up my copy and I haven't actually gotten a chance to read it yet. And to, whoa, words to read it yet because I've been running around like crazy, but it's gotten some really great reviews. It went into its second printing on like the first day. People love it. People are going crazy for it. So you guys should totally read it because it's going to be awesome. I want to take a, a, just a moment to mention uh, this week's Kickstarter of the Week. It's only the Kickstarter of the Week because it, I'm the only one who had one this week. The Boston Underground Film Festival is March 25th through 29th. And for the very first time in their 17-year history... They've not gotten a lot of commercial support from sponsors. I think it may have something to do with a a faulty economy of some kind, but I'm not really sure. So they went to Kickstarter this year for the first time, and they're asking for a modest $7,000 to help uh, offset some of the costs of this year's film festival. So if you're interested, uh, if you've ever been to the Boston Underground Film Festival, or interested in doing it this year, there's a whole lot. There's there's a whole lot of different ways that you can help them out with pledges starting at five dollars and going up to a thousand dollars. For a thousand dollars, you get to be the MC of the after hours party. So check it out. We will have the link for you in the website page. And I think because uh, we're there's running out of time, and yeah, there you go, that'll work. Uh, because we're running out of time, uh, and so far things are actually kind of working for a little bit, we're going to go directly to our guests at this point. I'd like to bring in Scott Gottsward, who's been on the show a couple of times. Hey, Scott, how are you? How you doing, Dylan? How you all doing? Uh, yeah, it's... We're doing something. I'm not sure what. Joining Scott is uh, Rachel Kennedy. Rachel, welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. You're breaking up again. Yeah, well, that's going to be happening. There's no way around it. Scott and Rachel are the co-editors of uh, an, uh, an interesting anthology called Once Upon an Apocalypse. Now, for those of you who are wondering how... Or what that kind of anthology would be about. Uh, here's the, here's the opening of the introduction. The introduction begins with "So, let's talk about zombies and fairy tales, but zombies first. Uh, and that kind of hooked me right from the beginning. It's it's a really really interesting story set of stories. Uh- Scott and I have both written for each other's anthologies before, and we write normally in very different genres. And uh, we discovered that our, our genres were mixing a lot. It was sort of a case of, you know, you're getting zombies all over my romance, and I was getting romance all over his zombies. And uh, retold fairy tales were just everywhere and growing in movies, on television, and so we thought, well, there's some more twists. 
And that's kind of how it started. And so then we came up with the uh, title, and then it took off from there. The two of you coming at this from very different genres. Rachel, you were essentially a romance writer, and Scott was hmm. essentially a horror hmm. writer. Correct. Scott is a horror <laughs> writer. Getting, yep. So how do these mix together in fairy tales? I think that the, the whole cross-genre thing well, has been going well. on for a while. But the, the big thing right now with, with the whole fairy tales kind of comes into play with um, with the shows like Once Upon a Time or Grimm or some of the movies that are out right now. And zombies are just stupidly popular. So if you look at the massive thing you're picking it. And there have always been terrible creatures in fairy tales. So instead of the usual terrible creatures, we put in our terrible creatures. Jonathan Mabry wrote the introduction, uh, which, by the way, is a, is a wonderful introduction. How did you get him to write it, and, and what were his thoughts in the introduction? Getting him to write it was actually very, very difficult. We, you know, asked him at a convention, and he agreed to it right there. And then he, he's so big in the zombie land, and he, he's actually a very, very nice guy, very personable. And he does forwards for people. He does, he'll give you a short story if you ask for it as long as he's, you know, not, not writing a novel at the time. And I think this was between the latest Rotten Ruin book and the latest uh, Joe Ledger novel. So we kind of slid in and he left out on it, really. So one of, one of the things he says in the introduction about this book is, these tales are not for innocent little children, unless you're trying to remove the innocence, or you're a sadistic bastard, or you have very, very strange children. Or all of the above. Or all of the above. And at the end of that, he writes, kids like us, like you and me. So how did you get how did you get all these people involved in this project? Well, some of them we knew. Some, you know, we, we both belong to different writing groups, so we were able to put it out through there. And Scott put it out through, I think, Shock Totem and a couple of other or, or shock lines, sorry, shock lines online. And uh, we got the writer's guidelines out there and we got people talking about it and got them inspired. I think so let's talk about sometimes when you give people, people a come. No, I think if you give writers a combination of things, you, you tell them um, we're looking for zombies and we're looking for fairy tales. And, you know, it suddenly kind of gets the, the muse going. So they come up with things they might not have otherwise. Did you give them a specific fairy tale individually to work on or just say, pick a fairy tale and go with it? We went with the pick a fairy tale and go with it. Wow. Nobody was assigned anything. We, nobody was assigned anything. Um, we got fairy tales we'd never heard of. Uh, we got a lot of Pied Piper of Hamlin's. That seemed to be a favorite for turning into, um, for adding zombies to. And and we did have one we chose that we thought was was strong, um, but no, we just we just said, you know, look in the look in the genre, look all over fairy tales. We even have one that's actually based more on um, a nursery rhyme. Oh, uh, the and it was just, three little is that the three little pigs one or oh Foxy and Wolf? No, three little pigs is actually is, is three little pigs is a tale, but Mary had a little limb is based on the poem Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Which of these, let's talk about some of the authors that, that you chose for this. Because uh, I've got to tell you, my favorite story out of it was uh, Benjamin Smith's Little Red Survivalist. 
just because it was it was just a really odd take. So talk about some of these writers and where they came from. Okay, stop saying anything I can't hear him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Brianna? Um, I don't know either. He's in the ether <laughs> or something. Oh, no, we lost go to the ether again. This must be ether. Oh. Um, you know, it was... Scott knows more of them than I did, which is kind of interesting. I was reading I was reading authors I'd never read before. And then when the whole anthology got put together and I looked at the list, I was like, oh, my gosh, because I looked, you know, over the course of the month, I started to um, read more dark fiction and get to know some of the people in the New England Horror Association and, and uh, the National Horror, Associ- Horror Writers Association. And... Uh, it was really, it was really amazing to get to know these a lot of you know, these writers. Some of these writers are brand new. We have two, at least two writers in there that um, and uh, and that's one of the exciting things about doing an anthology. Sometimes is getting that writer their first credit. Scott, you back with us? There you are. The ether let you go. So can we talk, Scott, about some of the writers who are involved in this anthology? Oh, a, a lot of them, when we did the anthology, we did like a, um, call it a cattle call, and we opened up the anthology to anyone who wanted to sub to it. We had invited two authors to it, uh, Joe McKinney, who wrote the, uh, the, his version of The Maiden with No Hands, which is really good, and uh, William Neagle, who gave us the story for the second volume. And, of course, we, we got Jonathan Mayberry for the intro, which is brilliant. Um, a lot of them... You know, it's it's people who I'd never really heard of before, but now I'm actively looking for them in other anthologies because I really like the work. Right. One of our writers is a senior in high school. Really? You know what that means. What does that Actually, mean? Actually, no, I don't have a clue. What does that mean? I don't know. Am I gone again? <laughs> <laughs> so where's the anthology available right now? Um, right now, as far as I know, it's available online at um, Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also get it from the um, the publisher's website, which is chaosium.com. People who um, who know the name know them as the creators and the maintainers of the you know, Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, which was one of the reasons why we pitched these these books to them, because Volume 2 is Cthulhu stories with fairy tales, which is a lot of fun, too. The title of the book is called Once Upon an Apocalypse. We've been talking with editors Scott Gottsward and Rachel Kelly Criana. What? I think we need to get out of here. I have no idea what you're saying right now, so I'm going to assume you want me to end the show. That's cool. Um, next week, we have some other people who you may or may not be able to hear. Sarah? All right, great. <laughs> um, I get to tell you that um, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con. Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, booksandbooze.com, and comicarthouse.com. Visit comicarthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on lawrencemademecry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Dome. I want to thank our guests tonight, Scott Cotsworth, Rachel Kenley. I want to thank our cast, Sir Sarah, Kriana, Zombrarian. I want to thank the gods who are just giving me no help whatever tonight. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. 
dust we all repute entropy. Good night, everyone. That sounds good. That sounds perfect.